Hey again. How's it going, Job? It's, you know, it's going. Still under quarantine. Still on the internet recording our podcast. That kind of sucks. Same. You know? Uh, the other half of the podcast was kind enough to donate me a headset because apparently I sound like a, uh, a Genhart made out of tin cans on the last episode. Right. And I greatly appreciate it. It's been a, it's been a, uh, a godsend in these dark times where I am cooped up in a house with my dad while he watches, you know, shows about crab fishing. I can just go over the other side of the room <laughs> and uh, play a video game <laughs> and listen to it. Right. Uh, hooray. It's yeah. very, very nice. And also, I probably don't sound uh, nearly as bad. I'm no, hoping. You, you we'll sound see. infinitely better, for sure. You good, sound good. like You sound like you're on a headset instead of a phone, which is you like, know, you know. That is preferable right that that's the the goal we're all striving towards <laughs> i always strive to sound more like a headset than a phone and you know we always strive towards something else and uh pivot over here to video games we we always try to strive for something in video games and that's uh, accessibility it's a uh it's big and important as more and more people are playing video games it's best to be as accommodating to as many people who can play that video game as humanly possible, right? Sure. So, Final Fantasy VII Remake came out uh, today, as we're recording. And uh, yeah. this episode will go up today, too, so it actually kind of makes sense. And as an easy mode, okay? It's, it does, yes. It's, it's, it's a very easy mode, Okay. This is a remote which kind of plays like more like, you know, the traditional RPG. Like a traditional action RPG where it's like it's it's going to, you know, hammer down on you and make you use healing and stuff like that. And easy, it's not quite that. And the purpose... Not you just mash buttons, apparently. Yeah. Right. The purpose for that is to make it so as many people can play the game as possible without getting, you know, stressed out or people who have accessibility issues to, like, holding a normal controller or playing a game a certain way could just have an easy time. Okay? It's important to note that you can switch difficulties uh, at, at any time. Yeah, at complete will. Uh, so, like, if a part is hard, you switch it to easy mode, there's, there's nothing stopping you from changing it back to normal right. after you're done doing a hard part. Uh, yeah. But anyway, the internet's freaking out over a Kotaku article, as it often does. Uh, <laughs> um, the, the article's original title, which it just recently changed, they like literally changed the title of the article, was Final Fantasy VII Remake's Easy Mode is Way Too Easy. And it's a clickbaity headline. Yeah. Designed to do what it does, which is get a lot of people... Let's say discussing it. <laughs> Let's yeah. say discussing it. Because obviously there's a lot of people going like, what are you fucking talking about, idiot? On the internet right now. Yeah. Over that. He's pretty so they much... changed the, <laughs> the title of the article to the difference between Final Fantasy VII's easy and normal modes is too drastic. Which is a lot more even-tempered, but probably wouldn't have resulted in as many people clicking on the article if that was the initial title. Yeah, it is still... It's still even reading through the article. It's just him shitting on the easy mode. Um, it's not. It, it's yeah. It's not that big of a deal. I it, don't know. It's not for you, Mike. The guy's <laughs> name who wrote the articles, Mike. It's not for you. Okay, you could just uh, not do it. 
Okay, it's not meant for you. And now I and I do agree that everything should be on a slider. Um, so you can kind of fine-tune things to how you like. Um, just don't... If you don't like it, just don't do it. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. And it's, it's not for you. It's for the people who are less capable than you. Oh, my God. Are you saying it's for you? Mm-hmm. The people. Mm-hmm. The people. <laughs> I can't believe it. Anyway. I... Yeah. I just, like, can't truly, like, believe that these articles are still coming out in this day and age. Ah, It's going to happen all the time. Either a game is too easy or it's too hard. Just, uh, just don't worry about it, okay, buddy? If you like the game, you like it. If you don't, you don't. You just, just... Yeah, you just got to put it on the one that's right for you. Right. If you that's, should... And if you can change it to easy to get past a really hard part and then go back to normal and be fine with it, then, you know, you, hey. You go ahead and do that. It's fine. <sighs> it's fine. Who cares? <sighs> you didn't have to – this article was unnecessary. Um, I don't like it. No, it's clickbait. That's that's way, that's all it is. It, it's designed to be a statement that will incite the butt hurt gamer rage. So that they click on the article, though. Right. You know. And attention is still attention. Right. I typically like a lot of the work on Kotaku, actually. It's just like sometimes shit no, they like get a this bad rep. up. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes. They get a bad rep for no reason. Like They they still have like super important stuff like what Jason Schreier uh, investigative journalism's his way into. <laughs> like, yeah. Like uh, – you know, massive, terrible crunch conditions in the industry. And that what? stuff's important. To, That's never happened before. Stuff's super important to go into. Right. But uh, sometimes Kotaku is this, which is like, just like, I wish the easy mode wasn't this easy. This is more like very easy mode. I'm like, yeah, maybe you're right. But this is an article really about this. Really? Yeah, like really? this is like a this is like a tweet, <laughs> right? This is a tweet worthy, maybe nothing else. Yeah, I don't get it, man. This is, mm-hmm. this is so you gotta uh, some idiot shit. You gotta let me know when you beat Final Fantasy VII, okay? I will, like, buddy. I I literally played it for twenty minutes, so I I want to play it as well, but I am not a huge Final Fantasy mark. I am not a huge fan of the franchise i have played seven i've never beat it so i'm real low stakes into this okay yeah so when it came out that the entire game's plot was known because it came out in australia beforehand Mm -hmm. and there was some people freaking out about what uh happens in this game i looked it up and i know everything that happens now just (laughs) or at least the details of the ending and uh yeah that's all I'll say about that you uh you talk to me when you beat that game <laughs> yeah we'll talk about Cause it cuz i'm a uh, cool boy we'll get there that's, in, that's some stuff in the meantime mike just stop buddy <laughs> damn don't got to scold mike you just you know <laughs> Thank you.
welcome to the Get Job Show. That's again. Hello, guys. I'm Job. Today we're going to talk about Justice League. Fuck. <laughs> oh, no. When getting... will we escape the terrible movies? Soon. Actually, never, because there's always going to be at least one. Yeah. I don't know. Has there been a franchise we've watched that didn't have one? Maybe Gremlins, which was only two, yeah, two like, movies long. I would say Gremlins, <laughs> I think, might be the only one. Even Rocky, man, has a blemish. Rocky has Rocky Five. Right. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I have pretty much every franchise that's ever like just kind of like overstayed its welcome is going to have a lot of stinkers. The weird thing about this one is we're kind of like talking about multiple like a series of series. Yeah. How many S's should there be? Uh, Enough. <laughs> so like we're, we're in the DCEU portion right now, which is not that great. No, it's pretty bad. In fact, it's pretty uh, pretty bad. Has we're been almost done. We're almost done, though. And, almost uh, and, we're, and we are done with the DCEU side of things because there are no more Batman films uh, currently in the DCEU. Thank God. Well, I mean, I'm looking forward to the next one. I'm looking yeah, forward to that reboot. Uh, if it's a reboot or a prequel or whatever the fuck it is. I don't care. It should be a, a reboot. Just cut your losses and run. Yeah. Who fucking knows? All I know about Justice League, and the, like, just the precursor to all this, let you know where I'm at with it. Um, mm -hmm. I tried watching it. Okay. So I attempted to watch this movie a total of three times, okay? The yeah, first time, right. I sat down and went to watch it, and then I got distracted, and I watched the movie The Wizard instead. <laughs> Wait. Wait, that movie's terrible, Justin. You want you stopped what that that really speaks volumes about. I'll tell you, I'll tell you, I'll tell you one thing is yeah, I had a way better time. I had a way better time than <laughs> Justice League. I don't I don't doubt it. I I mean like that movie is probably more entertaining. It, it, I mean it's it's dumb. It's bad. That's a bad movie. That's a mm -hmm. real bad movie. But it's so you funny. You pay attention to it. Yeah, it, yeah. It's so yeah. funny. And then attempt number two, I got a, mm -hmm. almost halfway through it and fell asleep. And then finally, yesterday, attempt number three, we got through. We did it. We finished it. Yeah, I only had one attempt, but, like, you know. And even then, I had to take a break halfway through for, like, an hour. And then I came back and finished it. I just watched the whole thing all the way through. I don't know. I got like, no. I'm sorry. I paused it to get ice cream in the middle so that I could like because I was like depressed. <laughs> Fair enough. No, I just wanted ice cream. I don't. <laughs> the movie makes you want to just uh, sit down and die. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> but oh man, one thing that I'm not even gonna ask you what you're playing because I knew what you, I know what you're playing. I was playing the same thing. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh -huh. Resident Evil 3 came out. Remake. It did. Remake 3. It happened. Um, the third Resident Evil remake. Uh, and hopefully not the last, because there's a couple that I can think of that could stand to use one. Especially in this style that they've established now. Like, I, I don't know. I'd play, I'd play a billion games. It's uh, Remake 2, Remake 3 style. Absolutely. I would. Plays wonderfully. Um, 
I do have problems with it, but like this game's a solid eight out of ten. Don't get me wrong. If I say anything negative during this little bit of discussion, just just still take it with the with the knowledge that this is still a great game that I have already got the plat in and I've already beat it like six times. Yeah. <laughs> like it's it's still a good game. It's it's do not misunderstand me. It's great. Like I actually yeah. enjoy it quite a bit. And there there are a lot of like little things about it that just like kinda either rub me the wrong way or just like are mishandled or this is definitely like the like bothered stepchild of Resident Evil two. Yeah, the, it's it's its biggest crime, I guess, is that it followed Resident Evil two, which was like a masterpiece. Right. And it doesn't look as good in comparison. And honestly, that's the problem with the original, too. Mm-hmm. Um, Resident Evil 3 certainly has its defenders, and to some people, it's their favorite in the franchise. But I always felt that it got overlooked in in favor of Resident Evil 2. Yeah, and it's the same situation here. Its original status as a spinoff is sort of apparent. Because it doesn't really feel like the next step. It feels like a side game that happens at the same time as two because it is. Yeah, they're not a. Uh, they don't sugarcoat any of that. It's just kind of, and, and this is very much that. So, it's a shorter game. There's, it's a it lot feels more. Feels much shorter. It's a lot more linear and like. That too. Yeah. So to pad out the rest of it, they put in uh, this multiplayer thing called Resident Evil Resistance. Which is not that great. No, but I'm still like enjoying still playing play it. it. <laughs> yeah. I we ha- I've been playing it with you and your brother and uh, you know randoms on the internet and like I have yet to win a game. No, most of the time we As, just get our asses kicked. It's bad. So if you don't know that game has you, it's kind of like uh, Resident Evil's answer to Dead by Daylight or Friday the Thirteenth, right. where you have. Um, I guess it's like can be described as like four v one, where the four are survivor characters who all have different little abilities and gameplay styles. Right. There's like a jock dude who does a lot of melee damage, and then there's like a hacker girl, and then there's like a healer girl, and they all have their own little quirks and, and a sandwich. There, <laughs> I don't know what Martin Sandwich's abilities are, but there's a He's character a named sandwich. Martin Sandwich. It's his Which ability is, is he's a sandwich. Yeah. Okay, that's fair. That's and then the uh, the enemy playable character is known as a mastermind. And instead of a uh, actual physical being that roams the map like in those uh, like in Dead by Daylight or Friday the Thirteenth, this is more like a a character that is watching people through cameras and spawning traps and creatures on the map to fuck with the players. And um, I have yet to play as the mastermind outside of a tutorial because yes. getting into a match as the mastermind is kind of impossible right now because yeah, they kind of have a really bad system in place for these multiplayer matches. Yeah, so the, the best thing I could directly compare the Resident Evil Systems to is Friday the 13th, the game. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which for sure. You started off real, really rocky, having major server issues, but it blossomed into a pretty great video game. Well, I would like to think that that would happen here. I would, I would hope so. We'll see what happens. 
I'm not certain that that will be the case because I'm, I'm a betting on it either. Well, no one cared about this when they first announced it. Oh yeah. And then they paired it with Resident Evil 3 and and this is this is very purposeful because like a lot of people are kind of poo-pooing Resident Evil 3 right now because oh my god it was $60 and the game is like you know not even 8 hours long and I'm done with it. But in actuality, like I'd hate to say it, but you're probably paying half for Resident Evil 3 and half for this Resistance game. I think it's like 40 like, 20. Yeah, it's probably like 40 20. Like if this game retailed for 20 by itself and RE3 retailed for 40, RE3 would still sell really well, but then no one would buy Resistance probably. Yep. Uh, so they bundled them together. And here we are. It's a $60 game where what you actually want to play isn't the whole $60 part. Um, Now, I'm still playing both. I'm still doing my best to get my money's worth out of this. But I definitely don't care about resistance that much. But maybe you could get better in the future. I'm not sure, though. Who knows? Maybe just There's potential. Take their loot box money and leave. There's potential to add characters... Good and bad from the entire franchise here, and have a lot of fun with that. Like, there's no reason that you shouldn't be able to play as Leon and Claire and Jill and Carlos and like all the characters they've already had as playable characters. Right. That would be fine. There's no reason that they shouldn't be. That would be fun because right now you're playing as nobodies, and like that's all right, I guess. But it would be cool. It would be cool. Yeah, I. <laughs> like, I just, uh, I don't know, it, yeah, it's really strange that they just went with all these original characters. I don't know if they were trying to go for, like, kind of a Resident Evil Outbreak-type vibe when they were doing oh, that. Oh, well, definitely a little bit, yeah, because that's how that was. Yeah. But I think out, an Outbreak-style game in the current uh, gameplay system would have been more interesting. It would have been way Where you better. have uh, a bunch of characters... Uh, like cooperative instead of combative, uh, like four v one. If it was all, it was if it was all for one, and everybody is trying to progress against AI enemies. I think that would have been way better. I yeah. think that would have been a way better choice, honestly. Yeah, I agree. Um, especially since, like, I don't know. The, it looks the mastermind part at least is looks kind of boring to me. I don't know. It's apparently really fun, but I have yet to play as it. I will try. I keep trying, but like. Yeah, you could be waiting for like almost a half hour or no longer if you just hit match as a mastermind. Yeah, and that's to get into like at most like a, like a 10, 15 minute match. They go fast. <sighs> yeah, yeah. So everything's I, and I, I also think right now it's way more in favor of the mastermind as far as who wins because I've yet to win as a survivor. Um, because like, so your goal as a survivor is to get all these items, put them in the thing, go to the next area, do it again, and then go to a third area. And then you have to destroy some pods or something, some shit. Yeah. But during the whole thing, the mastermind is spawning creatures to attack you and they can shoot you with the cameras and they can control zombies directly and attack you. And they can eventually spawn a really large, invincible creature 
to attack you. And if you die, you lose a shit ton of time because this is all time-based. And it feels way heavily weighed in the Mastermind's favor to the point where, like, I can't – you can't even do anything as a survivor. Especially if you get caught in the wrong place at the wrong time with the fucking – with the bosses that they drop. It's just like yeah, – What are you supposed a, to do when Mr. X is right in your way? It clogs it's, an entire hallway. Know. Like, you're like a narrow hallway that you're in. Like, what are you supposed yeah. to do? The areas aren't nearly as open as the RPD, for example. So, like, uh, where do you go? <laughs> like, there's a hallway, and you need to go down that hallway, and Mr. X is like, okay, what are you going to do? Hit him with a two-by-four? It's not going to do nothing. It's not like you can even take your time. Yeah. So it's like, because you're timed. And, like, I think that's actually one of the biggest problems in this game as a whole suffers is that it is timed. And, uh, There's a lot of improvements they can make, but I'm not confident that they will make them. Um, I don't know, because something like Friday the 13th was definitely a passion product project for that studio, and them updating and trying to refine the game into something good was yeah. something they like spent a lot of time at and worked a lot at. And I don't know if Capcom has like a huge plan for this game to go forward if it's not doing amazing right now. Right. Which I don't know if it's doing great right now, if I had to guess. I don't know for sure. Yeah, you can't really tell on this. And you can tell, like, from Steam if you wanted to, but you're not going to get, you know, the console information off of that, so there's just kind of no point. Yeah. I, um, I will spend a little more time with it, but uh, for the most part, I'm done with Resident Evil 3. Like, I am done, done. I did everything. I'm getting there. I I'll, I'll, I take my time though with like stuff that I want to like fully complete, so I'm not in a rush. Yeah, I just I was obsessed because like it's such a good game. Like I wanted to plat it. Um, so I really liked it. I really did. Um, I think my favorite aspect of it is actually how they tell the story now. Um, just like in RE2, um, you got great well-acted cutscenes in place of you know what used to be super badly acted cheesy cutscenes mm-hmm. in the original and that is a that's a hell of an improvement i like what they did with uh the revamp of jill she's a great character um she's way better than she was for sure Carlos has been elevated from a nothing character that like I don't even ever think of in the Resident Evil franchise to one of my actual favorites. He's great. I love Carlos. <laughs> he is so entertaining. Um I, I like how ever since Resident Evil 7 they've decided to give their protagonists um this dry kind of like fuck this shit kind of wit where <laughs> they're just kind of like so fed up with what's happening in this overblown horror scenario that's just such a funny um way to be <laughs> in reaction to these hell spawn demons things happening <laughs> you know what i mean yeah i man i don't mean i i really i'm trying to put sorry i'm trying to put words together for this uh-huh. I'm kind of losing it with with Resident Evil Three here, but I don't know, man. I, I you can't go wrong with the RE engine, man. 
No, it, it genuinely looks fantastic. It, 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 it That engine straight up elevates every single game that's attached to it without fail. It's it's wild. You could make, like, Resident Evil Resistance, like, going back to that for just a second, is, like, a legitimately pretty bad video game. <laughs> yeah, and but it looks great. It looks great, and it feels great to play because it's based in this, like, fantastic engine that they have at their disposal. And, like, yes. so, so Resident Evil 3, despite all its flaws and how short it is and how linear it is, it's able to overcome a lot of it just because of how good it is to play. It still feels great. Yeah, it feels just as good as it did in Resident Evil 2. Uh, I like all the enhancements they made to what was a pretty bare-bones story originally. And I guess yeah. it still is. but um, yeah, Very much so. Their, their expansions to characters like Mikhail and Nikolai feel great and uh, well-earned, well-deserved. Um, I'm glad that they elevated them from like a couple lines to actual characters. Um, and Nemesis himself is pretty great, but when I talk about the gameplay, I'm going to hesitate on that a little bit because I, I feel like they kind of dropped the ball when it comes to how ever-present he would be yeah. in the story because it, it definitely felt like in the original he was always there and he was always going to fuck with you. Mm-hmm. And they kind of took that system with Mr. X in Resident Evil 2 and dialed it up to 11 and it really worked. It was really probably one of the things people talked about the most about Resident Evil 2 was Mr. X and how he functioned. One of the, and, he was undoubtedly one of the best parts of the entire game. Yeah, and everyone assumed that uh, in Resident Evil 3, Nemesis was going to be like Mr. X times 2. Because right. in that demo and everything, uh, where you get to play around with Nemesis for a little bit, like he can run, he can shoot rockets at you, he can grab you with his tentacles, he can deck your ass, and... He just seemed like a way harder Mr. X to deal with. And then you play the game. <laughs> and the first time you see Nemesis, you chuck a hand grenade at him. He falls down and a chest falls out of his fucking stomach. And you pick up the chest and you get an upgrade for your pistol. So all of a sudden, the entire dynamic has changed between you and the pursuer enemy character. Yeah. Right. Mr. X, you got to run away from and he doesn't give you shit. If you waste all your ammo fighting him, that's gone. It was a waste. Yeah, good job, idiot. Fighting Nemesis in this game is actually encouraged because he literally gives you weapon upgrades and ammo. (laughs) And he's gone for long stretches of the game and kind of uh, cordoned off into these scripted moments where he appears again and you have to fight him in a, in a boss battle scenario, which is different than if he was pursuing you while you were trying to do puzzles and stuff like in, like in Resident Evil two with Mr. X running around the police station, trying to do shit while he's there. They only ever want to trigger him and have him come get your ass. Right. That only ever realistically happens at one point in the game. And it's very early on where he's and actually it's like pretty brief you. and easy to deal with him because he is downed in one hand grenade. Right. Um, and also, like, those, yeah, those segments are incredibly short. I still liked his presence, especially in cutscenes. Um, he appears as a very, like, the opening to that game is fantastic, where he just fucking shows up and 
Like that that whole opening is very cinematic and well done. Absolutely. Um and and that's probably my biggest praise for the entire game is they the cutscenes are great. But I wish that, you know, the actual gameplay of running away from Nemesis uh, lived up to the hype. Um it really doesn't. But I still had a lot of fun with it. And there's still some great boss fights to be had with him. I just wish that it was better. And that's the only thing. I wish it was as good as RE2. That's like the main takeaway here. Yeah. I guess there's not much you could do about it. I mean, originally this game was supposed to release alongside RE2, right? I feel like that would have been uh, uh, like probably the best $60 you could spend at that point. Oh, absolutely. If you got a Leon campaign, a Claire campaign, and a Jill campaign that has Carlos sprinkled throughout it. That would have been amazing. That would have been so much shit to do. It would have been the best. And I do like this uh, game as an extension, like sequel to 2, in the sense that it gets more action-oriented. It feels like a good um, extension of that gameplay, an enhanced version of that gameplay, because you can dodge now. Right. And you feel like more of a force to be reckoned with in this game. There's a lot more emphasis on combat in general, whereas in two, there was a lot more emphasis on running away. Really? Yeah. Um, and, you know, and I think it says a lot that, like, you know, for example, knives in RE2 can be used as a defensive item and they break or are lost when you defend with them against a zombie. In RE3, you have your knife forever. It is unbreakable. You can use it whenever you want, but you can't use it as a defensive item. Instead, you just tap X a bunch to lessen the damage you take from a zombie bite. Uh, That right there is a microcosm of the entire experiences of the games, like the difference between them. (laughs) Like It's defense versus offense, really. In a lot of ways. Yeah. And I think defense in a horror scenario just fared better overall. Absolutely. Um, Not that I minded it. It, It's fun to kill shit in this game. It's a lot of fun. But as a result, it's not as scary for sure. Yeah, it's a little crippling to... You meet a new scary monster in the sewers and it's like, oh, no, okay, he's dead. I killed him. (laughs) <laughs> like the deflating of moments because yeah. it's more of an action game but i'm not opposed to it being an action game my favorite resident evil and quite frankly probably my favorite game of all time is four and that is way more of an action game than anything else so it could still be good i i do like it still i think you just did it's it's all about like balance yeah and um I mean, resident evil 3 all kind of always was a lot more like this this ninety cheesy style. Like, it, it was more action oriented. Yeah. yeah, it always kind of was, was that way. It was still in that tank controls though, so it was still like you know hard to deal with shit. Right. So you put that, you just plug that same concept into a buttery ass smooth RE engine. You're kind of got to get like this this the exclamated version of it, where everything is just like easier, more action oriented, more like explosive and 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 there's nothing wrong with that really like i said i enjoy it for what it is um i do wish it was a little longer yeah uh, because they cut content um 
I, and and a lot of that content they cut was kind of extraneous to to begin with, but it's still kind of disappointing that like there's there's a there's like a location. <clears throat> excuse me, as iconic as like the clock tower, that is uh, just kind of like you don't even go inside it in this game. You see the outside of it during a boss fight, and then you don't ever go. The clock tower is a big part of that initial game. Yeah. Uh, and it's and you go through like the Raccoon City Park and uh, a couple other areas. The lab is completely different. The, that's just an addition, basically. Um, lots of shit that doesn't happen that happens in the original. Uh, and some of those changes are great. And, uh, you know, honestly, I, I've heard people say there's no puzzles in the game. Why isn't there any puzzles? And like, I don't really necessarily care. Um, it's more of an action oriented cinematic experience than a than a classic Resident Evil game. Yeah, I, I mean, it makes sense that they changed it. Yeah, absolutely. I I, I could definitely yeah. get on board with that. But I mean, all in all, it's it's not bad at all. It's uh, no, it's I, like a solid eight out of ten. Yeah, I would just like probably recommend to most people not to pay sixty dollars for it. No, I would wait. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Uh fault anyone for waiting and honestly they should they could probably get away with selling two and three as a combined package oh later and this year oh yeah that would be a great great buy late in the year yeah mm-hmm. oh yeah we're in holiday time just put out a package of 60 bucks comes with Resident Evil two and three. Oh yeah that'll happen mm-hmm. so it's gonna be interesting to see where they go from here uh i want them to remake code veronica because that game sucks yeah, <laughs> I want them to make that game good. <laughs> Correct. I don't. I don't want them to remake four because I think it's already a masterpiece, and I don't want them to like. I don't know if they'd fuck it up, but I don't want them to even try. In the event that they do, <laughs> I, I'm I'm more worried about being disappointed there than I would be for any game they could remake. Like they could remake one again, and I would be less worried. Yeah, it's it's funny that you talk about that because it kind of you you we just kind of also got that in the Final Fantasy VII remake that just dropped today. Yes, where they took what what a lot of people's eyes was already a perfect video game. I mean, I highly disagree, but I would as well. <laughs> it's a lot of just like mostly like a like like one of the, you know a lot of people's favorite game, and they took it and they like changed a lot and like completely redid what it was and i understand like you know a lot of people being nervous about that and like that's a huge like that could take something you love and make it shit if they do the wrong things now thankfully it's a risky move yeah yeah and thankfully from what it seems i mean i'm only like 20 or so minutes into final fantasy 7 so i can't get the verdict <laughs> yet but from what it seems a lot of people really like it and they think it's they think it's really fun, and they did a really good job of like, you know, making making a Final Fantasy VII in the modern era, which is fun. Right, uh, but I'm, it is a lot more risky to take like a classic and remake it than it is to like you know, Code Veronica is not a classic. Right, Code Veronica's ass, but to turn it into a classic would be pretty lit. Right, because there is potential there, so they should do that. I honestly. Have absolutely agree do it do it to that or resident evil zero pick one do both they both need it but i would rather code veronica get it to be honest um yeah, they me could too. keep the same claire uh 
and do stuff with that, they could fix so much garbage. Because <laughs> that one stands out as like one of the worst in the franchise, not just for its gameplay, but for its story too. Uh, it's 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 incredibly skippable. You can skip it. <laughs> you can skip it all day. You could just go right from three to four and not miss a beat. Uh, oh, Wesker came back. That's the only like real like big thing that happens in that game that matters. Everything else is like abandoned completely. Yeah, but you know, I think they can make it work. I, I think so. Um, absolutely. Why not do it? The way that I've seen them handle stuff that was cheesy in RE2 and RE3 and transitioning it into a, you know, kind of fun, self-aware horror action experience is uh, kind of impressive. And I would love to see them do that with Code Veronica. Absolutely. I'm really looking forward to that. Like, whatever they do next, whether it be... Whether it be Code Veronica remake or Resident Evil Eight, which is it's being looking like it's going to be Resident Evil Eight, which I'm also excited for. I mean, like, that's probably the the real answer. There is like, yeah, just make another fucking actual entry. <laughs> but uh, you know what that's going to be is also really fascinating. There are rumors about it being called Resident Evil Village, and the V I L L will uh kind of like have, yeah. uh, will be the 8 it'll be colored that way kind of like how Resident Evil 7 uh, it looks like the logo just looks like Resident Evil but, but then the 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 um the IV in evil yeah or something like that like looks like 7 right the VIL yeah mm-hmm. so that's sounding really cool. It's apparently going to have fucking werewolves and maybe a witch and uh, maybe bald Chris Redfield. Uh, nobody knows for sure. Uh, I'm also <laughs> seeing rumors that uh, that was going to be Revelations 3. And the response to it was so positive that they decided to just make it a mainline entry and make it actual 8. Um, I don't know if that bodes well or not. But because uh, the Revelation games are uh, a mixed bag, very much so. uh, for sure. Uh, but I'm curious to see what they got. I, you know, I'm a huge fan of this franchise, and I will continue to do so. Uh, so, like, give right. me whatever. Yeah. Hopefully, we get a trailer for this this year at um, E4 or whatever the fuck IGN's doing. <laughs> E3. I uh, guess it's E4. like. Finally, E4. It's, I mean, it got it's, there. It's still like happening, just very digital. Like, yeah, now it's of, a really electronic entertainment expo. A lot of these companies have been spending months and months and months getting together these like trailers and drops and reveals and shit like that, and it'd be kind of like silly for them to just drop it. So a lot of them are probably still just gonna, you know, share all the same information they were going to share at E3. Either, you know, during that week or some other time. Yeah, either at this IGN thing or at Nintendo's probably doing a direct. Sony's probably doing a uh, whatever they call their directs. And uh, Xbox probably doing a uh, whatever they call their directs. So, like, you know, we're still going to get all that information in June. Yeah, Uh, absolutely. Whether we're still stuck in our homes or not, I don't know. At this point... kind of leaning towards we might be, but uh, we'll see. Yeah, at this point, like, it, 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 don't think it's going to end with uh, 
with the uh, end of April here. So, uh, well, it could be less restrictive. Uh, it's hard to say, but anyway, fuck all that. Corona's depressing. Let's not talk about that. <laughs> let's let's talk about something that is a. Uh... Also depressing. You oh, did you it? want to just transition into that? Would be funnier to trans, transition into Justice League. Well, here I'll say this. Um, I'll say this before we do that. Okay. Um, I was going to talk about Control, which I started, but I, I think I'm going to wait. Yeah, save bit. that until you're like you, you've actually like really gone through it. I've only played it one evening, and I'm very impressed so far. But uh, I will wait until I have done. And uh, in the same vein, I started watching Tiger King. And, uh, holy fuck. <laughs> <laughs> um, please watch that, Justin. And I'll also whoever's listening to this. Like, oh my god, that's some shit. That's some shit right there. I'm only three in. But, uh, it's only seven long. I've been watching, like, one a day. Kind of, like, spacing it out. It's something to look forward to every day. Um, <laughs> it, it's, it's, it's without a doubt one of the craziest fucking... It goes places you don't expect uh, documentaries I've ever seen. Um, I love documentaries that are about just a bunch of weirdos doing weird shit. Well, it's fun. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I, I keep seeing a lot of takes on the Internet of people going like, why, why do people like that show? It's about a terrible animal abuser. And I'm like, well, it is, but it's fucking entertaining as shit. Like, I'm not like... I'm not saying that I agree with the main character. Okay. <laughs> like he's, he's a, uh, there's no hero in this story. <laughs> uh, if this was, if this was a, uh, am I the post on Reddit? The answer would be everyone sucks here. You know what I mean? <laughs> like the, every single character they introduce you to is, uh, pretty mixed on the moral scale. <laughs> Uh, if not outright bad. <laughs> um, and, but I think that's a lot of where a lot of the entertainment value comes from. Cause like really learning about all this fucked up shit that really went down and you're like, what, what, how though, how was this allowed? <laughs> oh man. Anyway, I will talk about that probably on the next one. So I guess let's talk about justice league. Fuck it. Yeah, sure, buddy. There is a lot to lot to talk about, I suppose. Um, where, where do you begin, though? Because like, <laughs> um, off the back of off the back of Suicide Squad, I guess, right? Hmm. Oh no, actually, you got to go way further back than that. Okay. Uh, and I'll just talk about this briefly because it has it has very little to do with uh, what we're going to talk about today, but. There was a Justice League film in the works since 2007. And uh, this was going to be directed by Mad Max director George Miller. He was supposed to make a Justice League movie. What the fuck? Have you not heard about that? I have no idea. Hit me with this. Mm. Oh, it's one of those legendary things that everybody talks about because everybody was like, what if that would have been like awesome and it never happened? But, you know, it, it didn't happen. So who knows? Um, so it was going to be called Justice League Mortal. And it was going to be it was set to be a separate 
universe than uh, you know, at the time they had they had just done Batman Begins and Superman Returns at right. Warner Brothers. So um, they decided that they would cast new actors for Batman and Superman. Uh, Christian Bale recast because he wanted to stay in the realms of that Nolan trilogy. And Brandon Ruth is recast from Superman Returns because, well, he was in Superman Returns. So, <laughs> like, so they decided this was going to be a standalone film with new actors. And uh, they, they it went so far, uh, they, they got into pre-production and they had cast everybody, right? Uh-huh. So we almost had, uh, here's your cast. We got DJ Cotrona uh, from such hit films as G.I. Joe Retaliation. Ooh. Uh, he was, he was going to be Superman. Uh, Army Hammer, you know, from the social network and, and, and the Lone Ranger was going to be Batman. Uh, okay. Megan Gale. Uh, Megan Gale seems to be more like a model uh, kind of actress, but uh, she does appear in Mad Max Fury Road. Uh, she was going to be Wonder Woman. Uh, Common was going to be <laughs> Green Lantern John Stewart, which, like, okay, I'm all right with that. <laughs> um Adam Brody from the OC <laughs> was going to be Flash. And uh, Santiago Cabrera, uh, who I only recognized as a character, Isaac, from Heroes, uh, was going to be Aquaman. So this film had a shitload of production delays. Uh, the writer's strike happened, and they were planning to shoot in Australia, and that didn't happen because uh, okay. Australia was like, you know, blah 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 uh you're not allowed or something so they were they were gonna or at least like for as cheap as they wanted so then they moved it to vancouver and then the dark knight comes out and the dark knight comes out and wb changes their plans entirely because they want to go off the backs of this successful thing now you know so they decide to shelve the project and instead focus on solo films to eventually lead up to a Justice League film. And the only one of these things that they managed to put out was uh, Green Lantern. And <laughs> that didn't do so hot. Uh, no, so, it was pretty, uh, pretty terrible. So then we fast forward in time and Nolan ends his Batman trilogy and Zack Snyder starts his shit. The new plan formed by Warner Brothers relies heavily on your boy Zack Snyder here. Oh, boy. Uh, Man of Steel comes out in 2013. And, you know, yeah, of course, critical reception to that is mixed. And uh, we didn't like it. <laughs> no. <laughs> but uh, so WV still saw fit to put him in charge of their entire cinematic universe going forward, though. So we get Batman v Superman as the sequel. And Snyder, in planning that film, begins to set the groundwork for what he's seeing as a five-film arc, which would consist of Man of Steel, Batman v Superman, and then a trilogy of Justice League films that would all be interconnected and all be one continuous story down the line of all five films. Okay. And uh, obviously that uh, that's not happening. <laughs> Right. Those plans have been shot. Uh, and we'll go into what those Justice League sequels would have been later. But uh, oh boy. So anyway, the plan was that while those films released, tie-in films would come out like Suicide Squad, Wonder Woman, Aquaman, and uh, 
the Ben Affleck Batman film, which was still going to have Ben Affleck in it at the time. Uh, and uh, but then BVS comes out, and then Suicide Squad comes out oh. the same year. So you know, all of a sudden, it seems like you know WB doesn't have nearly as much faith in Zack Snyder as uh, they did a few years ago. Uh, so you know, Batman v Superman comes out. March of 2016, I want to say. Filming on Justice League commences that April. So the wound on the internet (laughs) is still pretty fresh and people are still dunking on Batman v Superman as they begin filming this shit, right? So in May of 2016, WB brings in Jeff Johns and producer John Byrd. Jeff Johns, if you don't know is a comic book writer for DC. He wrote uh, a ton of shit. Uh, All the stuff about, like, the Green Lantern, Blackest Night, all that shit. Uh, He's he's really good um, at a certain kind of comic book. Um, I didn't like Doomsday Clock, because that's not the kind of comic book he should make. But anyway, I digress. Uh, So he's going to be in charge. They're going to be in charge now, is basically what's happening here. They're the new big shot producer guys they're gonna do some rewrites they're gonna you know this this ship is heading towards an ice their job is to crank the wheel hard so um, (laughs) (laughs) so like yeah obviously this is seen as a response to the, the heaps of criticism thrown at bvs uh much deserved and Jeff John stated that the film would be, quote, hopeful and optimistic. And that is where tensions began, because Zack Snyder, (laughs) you know, there's not a lot of words I would use to describe his material, but hopeful and optimistic is not is not in that in there anywhere. Not not even a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) Like, like not really. Now, apparently uh, he, he did say. Um, that him and Chris Terrio, their Justice League and their entire trilogy of films would kind of get more hopeful as they went with like Batman v Superman designed to be the darkest chapter. Uh, but I don't know if I agree considering what they were planning on doing. Uh, but the, maybe that's just what they were telling the studio at the time to get the heat off their ass. But uh, <laughs> so the troubled production began. And uh, you got Snyder kind of like his initial vision being more closer in tone to Man of Steel and Batman v Superman and WB wanting something closer to, well, the MCU, I suppose. Yeah, that's what they're going for, obviously. So Jeff Johns rewrites uh, caused some tension with Chris Terrio and uh, WB also seems to be unsatisfied with how the film's looking under uh, Snyder's direction. Uh, so WB decides to screen footage of the film uh, to some uh, writers, I believe potential rewriters, for input. And one of these guys ends up being Joss Whedon. Joss Whedon, of course, uh, who directed and wrote Avengers, <laughs> the uh, big big important you know turning point in the mcu 
So like, it's pretty obvious what they're trying to do here, right? Oh yeah, <laughs> we all know what's about to happen with this. When, especially like once you know this accelerates, it gets close to release. We really start understanding what's about to happen with this thing. Yeah, WB must have been impressed with Whedon's input because, you know, pretty soon he would be in charge of the film. But uh, the inciting incident that propels that going forward is uh, that, unfortunately, in uh, May of 2017, uh, during post-production, like the film's done filming, um, Zack Snyder steps away from working on the film. Uh, and that is because his daughter, Autumn, had uh, committed suicide. Yeah. So, understandably, you know, Zack Snyder is uh, taking some, you know, necessary time off to deal with that. And then in comes Joss Whedon. Joss Whedon comes in to, uh, you know, so Snyder still gets sole director credit. But Whedon comes in to handle post-production duties and he gets a screenwriting credit alongside Chris Terrio because he rewrites a lot of shit. And uh, Joss was reportedly brought in just to complete Snyder's vision. Like as it was at first. And then the reshoots happen and they kind of change the tone of the film. Like I think entirely. Yeah. And the reshoots, you know, I, I, I've seen some reports that the f- the film as it was made by Zack Snyder is pretty much 80% still in the movie. And then the reshoots and the weedening of the movie uh, is more like 20%. But like it, when we're going to get into this thing and I want you to understand that every time you see Superman in this movie, I'm pretty sure it's a reshoot. And he's one of the major characters of the movie. So I, I do have to wonder if those reshoots ended up being a lot more uh, than they initially planned. Because they did a lot of changes. So, Henry Cavill is Superman. Uh-huh. And he is currently filming in July of 2017 when they plan these two months of reshoots. By the way, the film's coming out in November. Uh, oh, God. <laughs> they, they, uh, he's currently filming Mission Impossible Fallout for Paramount Pictures. And this is a role that, uh, you know, he grew a very prominent mustache for. Uh, so um, here we are with Mustache Gate. <laughs> this, I think this is the funniest little bit of production trivia. For maybe any movie ever. This shit just makes me laugh all the time. (laughs) Like, so he has a mustache in Mission Impossible. And uh, initially, so they want to do these reshoots. Superman doesn't have a mustache. So we have a problem here. Uh, (laughs) So the director of Mission Impossible, Christopher McQuarrie, he's okay with WB's plan. And WB's plan is this. We're going to shave the mustache off. We're going to pay you guys $3 million. And that will cover the cost of having to shut down production while Cavill films his Justice League scenes. And it'll also cover costs of having to put a mustache on Henry Cavill in Mission Impossible with CGI. 
So does that sound good? And Macquarie's like, sure. But then Paramount, I assume while laughing into their hand, says, <laughs> <laughs> says, nah, dude. <laughs> like, I don't, that's not going to be good with us. You guys are going to have to um, just deal with the mustache because uh, we ain't shaving that shit. We don't have to. Fuck you guys. <laughs> and, like, so this forces WB to film with Cavill with the mustache. And then they have to digitally alter it to appear as if he doesn't have a mustache. And if you've seen the movie, you know what we're talking about. Incredibly apparent <laughs> that this is what happened because his lip looks weird. It is throughout all of his scenes. It is super distracting and weird. You can't do <laughs> it is, what when he shows up, you, you can't take your eyes off of it. From the very first scene in the film. Yeah. You see it and like it's immediately noticeable. It's terrible. <sighs> it's so funny. <laughs> like obviously this was rushed. So the effects leave a lot to be desired because of that. But like, I don't it, There's only so much you could have done to remove a mustache and make it appear as if it was a normal lip. Like, there's no way this was going to look good from the get go. Right. And obviously this is this wasn't their ideal scenario. <laughs> but um, the result still looks laughable. It looks so laughable. I don't know. Like, sometimes I think they would have just been better off as to have him just have a mustache. Like, would it have appeared out of nowhere? Yes. While Superman was in the ground? <laughs> yes. Would it have been less fucked up to look at? Also, yes. I, I don't think that's arguable. Oh, man. So, um... Not only is Joss Whedon inserting a lot more humor into his reshoots, but the film is mandated by Warner Brothers to not exceed two hours. So the movie changes significantly. Several cuts are made from Snyder's uh, nearly three hours of completed film. Uh, it could have been even longer than that. Uh, I believe the work print was like five hours or something. I so this means crucial character building moments and setups for the second Justice League film are uh, left on the cutting room floor. Uh, and also, the film was not allowed to be delayed, uh, reportedly due to Warner Brothers executives. Uh, they were set to receive cash bonuses before the company was set to merge with AT&T at the end of the year. So if the movie was delayed into the following year, they wouldn't get those bonuses. So, oh, the movie got to come out in November. Greedy pricks. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, and this kind of is news that drops after the movie comes out. But I think it is important to discuss because I have a lot of suspicion. In February of 2018, uh, it was reported that actually Snyder was fired not that he stepped down. And that changes the story completely if that is the case. Um, WB denies this. Snyder hasn't confirmed it, but uh, there was a report from Collider.com 
that cited multiple sources uh, who all claimed that when executives and test screenings of Snyder's cut, it's the first time we're going to say it. We're probably going to say it a lot more. Um, when when people saw it, they deemed it unwatchable. And there was multiple sources who specifically said unwatchable. <laughs> so, like, um, it, it doesn't surprise me that Warner Brothers wanted to get rid of him and get somebody else. But... I do want to say, like, far be it from me to defend Zack Snyder. I don't really like his movie. But this is some scummy shit. This is some awful scummy shit from Warner Brothers, right? Like, this is fucking awful. Absolutely. To to fucking kick the dude while he's down. And, like, not only, like, you know, he steps away because his daughter fucking killed herself. And he's going through some tough shit. And while he's gone, you fucking have Avengers hack come in. <laughs> like, I mean, I, I don't know. Joss Whedon's fine, but man, he was on a downward slope. You can't deny it. He did Avengers, which was his peak. Then he did Age of Ultron, which was not, I don't know what it was, but it wasn't his peak. And then he goes to Justice League. It's clearly a downward trend here. Uh, so, like, so, like, while Snyder's gone, they hire him to come in and change his movie completely? Are you kidding me? That's kind of fucking shitty. Like, even if the movie was going to be a huge pile of shit, it was still his pile of shit, and you're completely, completely fucking him over out of having that, I guess. Like, I don't know. It, It just seems extremely scummy to me. Leaves a bad taste in my mouth. Yeah, it's dude. Yeah, I, I, like kind of echoing your sentiment. Like, I, I don't care for Snyder's work at all. In fact, I think he's like boring and kind of terrible. But man, they did that man so fucking dirty. It's scum. That's scummy shit. That's yeah, the scummiest that, you know, scum shit. When you think about this stuff, even for just a minute, it's no surprise that you know. The legend of this movie <laughs> kind of like catapulted into this whole release the Snyder Cut bullshit that's happening now. Which, let's be real and talk about that for a little bit. I don't think it exists. <laughs> like, there's people that are dead set on going, like, oh, it exists and they should release it. But I assume that if it does exist, it is very unfinished. Because they already spent $300 million on this movie. And they weren't going to spend more to finish the scenes that they weren't even putting in the movie anyway. That were being cut right. from the Snyder's cut, right? So these are some scenes that are unfinished. You know, it'll, it would probably be like watching, like, you know, the movie... And then it cuts to like some green screen footage and it would be a hell of a bad walk. Not something that the public would probably be happy with. No, no, they would never in a million years, like actually enjoy it. So, you know, I, I, I do agree with, uh, 
the desire for it in the sense that they fucked him over. Yeah. But I don't agree with the desire for it in the sense that I don't want to see it. <laughs> Cause I, I, there's no chance that it was going to improve the movie probably. Cause like, I already hate this movie. I'm out here just thanking God that we've been spared. <laughs> yeah, honestly. Um, but like, I, I, I wouldn't go that far because us being spared from it was the result of Warner Brothers being fuckers. Right. And I don't like that aspect of it one bit. Uh, I, I lost a lot of respect for Joss Whedon as well. Like, I already didn't have a lot uh some things <laughs> but um but this kind of left a bad taste in my mouth about him oh, i absolutely agree it shows that he's the guy who's willing to come in and usurp somebody's work and kind of like corrupt it into his own which is kind of like what it's shitty why why are you okay with doing that probably just really wanted that paycheck Oh, I'm sure they paid him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and uh, we haven't really seen him work on much since. I don't know what he's doing. Uh, oh, well. I probably just busy being a hack somewhere. Yeah. Probably busy being a hack. Yeah. Whatever. Fuck him. Maybe maybe he'll uh maybe he'll uh release the Snyder cut of Alien Resurrection next. Uh, who knows? You know. Anything. He can he can go <laughs> he can go write his like cringe dialogue somewhere else. I don't really care. Sometimes he writes good dialogue. Uh, I think there are some lines that he probably added that are fine. And I think, like, you know, the major scene that he added, which is them fighting Superman, is probably all him. And I kind of like that scene, despite Henry Cavill's weird lip. But (laughs) it's still an entertaining scene. It's probably the best scene in the whole movie, honestly. Yeah, but really, like, there's only so much you can do. This movie feels like a fucking monstrous abortion of a creature that was stitched together from multiple very different visions of a movie. It's it's some kind of, like, shambling fucking horrible monster. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That is, like, it's half dark and dreary and half light and cheerful but like it it really doesn't work in any way let me uh, let me tell you something completed film we go okay from Uh now i want to i want to like mark this down i think it's important okay sure we go from let's say it about an hour and like let's say an hour and 10 minutes into this movie right that's about when they resurrect superman okay yeah sure you go so you get that whole sequence bright colorful definitely looks like weed's touch right the whole thing the yeah. whole color palette right yeah and then you got an emotional scene it's supposed to be an emotional scene it's not uh between clark kent and lois lane yeah yeah and then yeah. right after that the color palette of the entire film changes I can, like, scroll my mouse over. I have the movie open digitally right now. I could scroll my mouse over between, like, the quick selector here, mm-hmm. and I can see when the color palette of the entire film takes a drastic turn for the dark. 
and then the entire and then the entire final part of the movie which has that weird like red filter on it the entire time i want to talk about that because you can watch trailers for justice league and those scenes look different because they have a different filter on them it looks dark and gray like shit from batman v superman that final part of the movie but they put this red filter on it for some reason i don't know why it's really distracting. I get that it's supposed to be like, ah, the apocalypse crap, but like, I, I, mm, it looks like shit. <laughs> it looks like shit. Yeah, it's terrible. But this is the problem that this movie like suffers throughout, is that it's yeah. it it lacks it lacks a cohesive vision all the way throughout. Um, the characters are for the most part not even really likable at all there's no reason really to give a shit about anything that's happening in this movie steppenwolf is a terrible villain oh my god steppenwolf we'll talk about him later uh but i think i think it's like mostly time to get into the plot yeah um uh just as a quick like aside uh like here's our cast for the movie we got ben affleck returning as batman and also Henry Cavill as Superman. Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman. We got Ezra Miller as The Flash with, like, God. The day before I decided to watch this, the news drops about him. Yep. Uh, allegedly choking a f- female fan? Uh, yeah. And the video evidence is pretty damning, so, like, that made a lot of my experience watching this very awkward. Mm-hmm. Uh... It was just bad timing, I guess. But, like, man, it's crazy. Uh, I I don't know. What a fucking asshole if that's, like, I don't know. I don't know if there's any context that puts him in a good light. I mean, he's still choking a person. Uh, right. I, even if they were fucking with him hard, uh, I don't I don't know if that's the proper reaction to that, bud. <sighs> it's, yikes. Uh, it, it's a, it is a major yikes. Anyway, uh, Ray Fisher as Cyborg, who looks like garbage in this movie because of the bad CGI. Um, Jason Momoa as Aquaman, who I think is my favorite part of this movie because he still has that fun Aquaman uh, feel to him that is present in the far superior uh, Aquaman solo film. Yeah. Um, Amy Adams is back as Lois Lane. Jeremy Irons is back as Alfred. Uh, Diane Lane's back as Martha Kent. Joe Morton is uh, Victor Stone, uh, a.k.a. Cyborg's dad, Silas Stone. Uh, Connie Nielsen was Queen Hippolyta. She's reprising her role from Wonder Woman. Uh, Amber Heard is Mera, uh, speaking of abusers, uh, setting up her role in Aquaman. Um, And J.K. Simmons is here as Commissioner Gordon. Isn't that weird? It's really weird. I I can't get into it. He got to be the DCEU Commissioner Gordon 30 seconds. <laughs> uh, Billy Crudup cameos as Henry Allen, Barry Allen's dad. Uh, and there's a couple other things. Oh, yeah. Uh, the opening with Wonder Woman, that terrorist guy is Michael McElhatton, who plays Roose Bolton in Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. And uh, your boy Steppenwolf... One of the worst villains in comic book movie history. 
uh, was portrayed by Ciaran Hines, who was Mance Raider in Game of Thrones. So I don't know if they, if they just liked Game of Thrones or what, but uh, <laughs> uh, by the way, Hines stated that he was unhappy with the final cut as it trimmed down his character significantly, which I would believe. Um, there is no real backstory for Steppenwolf. There is no real character to Steppenwolf. He is just a evil man. Yep, that's it. That's the and, whole. That's uh, the long and short of it. He's like Diet Thanos, I guess. <laughs> like, it, that's kind of how I look at Steppenwolf. He's 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 you know he's the Diet Mountain Dew of to Thanos's Mountain Dew. Like it doesn't taste quite like Mountain Dew. You're trying to have Mountain, but it ain't even close. <laughs> it's kind of like that. I'm going to call him Diet Thanos from now on. I don't really care. And your real Steppenwolf is a way worse name anyway. And not to mention, your weird uncle likes him a lot. <laughs> Mountain Dew or the band Steppenwolf? What's your joke? Um, Both. Okay, that's fine. I mean, that's that sounds that checks out in both areas. <laughs> that's, that's probably fine. <laughs> Not my uncle specifically, but everyone's uncle collectively in America. Right. Uh, <laughs> your America, your weird uncle. <laughs> yeah, sure. You know, the weird one. Do I have to explain I, this to you? Oh god. Um this maybe goes into what they cut and what they changed a little bit, but uh, do you want to talk about <laughs> why Steppenwolf's even in this movie? Yeah, hit me with Real it. Real quick. So we watched Suicide Squad a couple weeks ago, and uh, you remember Incubus? Uh-huh. Uh, he was a big, large, imposing figure with horns. Uh, so, you know, Steppenwolf, right? He's mm-hmm. a big, large, imposing figure with horns. <laughs> so, um, so like, Steppenwolf's supposed to be the villain in Suicide Squad. He was supposed to be controlling Enchantress, using the mother boxes from this movie, Justice League. Um, and during the rewrites of Justice League, they decided to make Steppenwolf villain in Justice League. Uh, I guess. Possibly because cutting out Darkseid would A, save him for a future film, and B, tone down the darkness, perhaps. Uh, And they wanted this to be more of a hopeful, energetic movie. So instead, they bring Steppenwolf over to this movie to be a bad guy. And... Lo and behold, there is just another big, large, imposing figure with horns. <laughs> Substitute <laughs> imposing figure with horns. Another one. In Suicide Squad. So he is like the diet, <sighs> diet Thanos. Ugh. <laughs> Thanos the down third. The Ugh, he's moving down the line. <laughs> it, it just like, it's like, it just like, it keeps getting worse. It's like Waluigi at that point like a copy of a copy of a reflection of a copy. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's really not great. Um, <laughs> it's, it's really not great. So yeah, that happened. Um, I was wondering why they looked 
like the same character in a lot of ways. Uh, <laughs> yeah, there it is. And also why they both suck. Uh, who's even better? I guess Steppenwolf's slightly better than Incubus. I guess. The Incubus is basically <laughs> just like a... He has like, what, but three lines? Yeah, he just says, like, yes, sister. <laughs> and right. That's it. Like, they restructured him to be subservient to Enchantress instead of uh, controlling her. But, like, th- I don't know. Didn't fix nothing. Nope, movie's didn't fix still it. bad. Didn't fix a damn so. thing. <laughs> Speaking of movies, still bad. Oh, here we are with Justice League. Lay, lay it on me, man. What right. happens in this movie, dude? What's so, the plot of this film? Right a fucking way, this movie kicks off with a really dumb scene that I hate. That is... Uh, a bunch, a bunch of kids, I guess, recording uh, fake upper lip skin man Henry Cavill as Superman. And, oh, uh, Superman! Can you sign my? Can you sign my shirt, Superman? Whatever Superman, can you sign my titty? <laughs> I don't think these eight-year-old Guatemalan children would have said that, but uh, yeah, maybe. I don't know. I don't. It. it so the scene is recorded on this like. It's made to form fit, like, the aspect ratio of a phone. It's clearly not. It looks terrible. Yeah, it really does. It looks absolutely awful. And they ask him about what his favorite thing about I get what they're going for, but I don't really care. Right. Like, it's unnecessary information. Like, they could have just started with the credits. Right. Because we got this, uh... This cover of Leonard Cohen's Everybody Knows by, uh... Fuck, I wrote down the name of the person. Uh, uh, Sigrid. And it's just... It's just... A fucking color... Like a montage of Superman dead and people sad. Yeah, well, even before that... Even before that, you have a small scene with Batman. Oh, that's before that? That's before that. That This movie has two cold openers back to back. Right, you know that's a great movie. Yeah, <laughs> Batman like captures a guy who's like, I guess like some kind of mob boy, and then so he's like, he's like, you arrest me? He's like, no, they smell fear, and then one of those fuck, I forget what they're fucking called. One of those uh, weird parademons, parademons, parademon. Yeah, one of those weird looking fly motherfuckers comes up, and Batman yeah. captures it. They're dark sides, uh, you know, flying monkeys or what have you. Right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and then we get the cut to what you're talking about, the credit sequence where it's basically just trying to portray a world post-Superman being alive. Oh, man, they're mourning that Superman. Everybody's so sad. I'm scrolling through the movie right now. There's some nice U-Haul product placement going on. <laughs> <laughs> of course. I should do this with every yeah, movie, it's dude. It's like, you know, it's just like Lois Lane going like, oh, no, him's dead. Then you got Angry Man who kicks over some fruit, like looks at a horrifying I, woman and gets arrested. Really stupid. And it's just, is it just implying that, like, crime is like on the, on rise. the rise? Yeah, I'm guessing so. And then, like, it's all in slow motion, which makes it even worse. A lot of things are unnecessarily in slow motion in this movie. It's a trend. Oh, man. <sighs> Yeah, that stuff was probably still Snyder. Oh, a hundred percent. That's how he does action. Yeah, you know. So that, uh, then so after, we... so yeah, after this sequence, this opening trailer sequence, we get a uh, a bunch of dudes rolling up to a bank. Their bank. Yeah. Yeah. 
There's this bunch bunch of terrorist guys. And then uh, you gotta get a little get a little Wonder Woman showing up on top of a statue. And it's a little little, little symbolic and it plays that Oh yeah, the Wonder Woman obnoxious theme song. Right. I kinda like it, but it is really overbearing. It is very overbearing. And then, and then we get one of my least favorite things in the movie. I'm gonna break this one down for you because I, I sure. truly I truly hate it. And it's a small thing, okay? But it really got on my nerves like right away. We're nine exactly nine minutes into this film when this happens. Sure. E- exactly. <laughs> so she uh she she sneaks in, she uh uses the lasso of truth on a guy. It pulls him up, and then she immediately says what are you doing here? The lasso of truth compels you to speak the truth. Why? Okay. Yeah, this is one of those things where, like, you know, screenwriting 101. Right. You're over-explaining uh, what is supposed it's to be happening. Only, it doesn't feel like a natural conversation. She's only telling us what the lasso of truth does because so the audience knows. But there's so many better ways you can portray that. It's well, so like, like certainly there's a scene in Wonder Woman where she uses the fucking lasso of truth, right? Yeah, and it's way better done because it, like they do the thing that you should do with that with that item, right? Mm-hmm. Where she like ropes a guy and then he like overshares, and it like yeah, and then it kind of gives you the implication of oh okay, it makes you just like spit shit out. And then you're done, and you move on. That's it. That's all you need to convey this to the audience. But you have the pro- this plague that occurs in these in these blockbuster films where the screenwriter thinks you're a fucking idiot. And so they have to put this in. Like, otherwise, they won't get it. They're brain-dead monkeys with peanut brains. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, don't treat your audience like an idiot. Like, not only did they probably explain this in wonder woman and like likely if you're seeing justice league you saw that one uh by the way that movie did way better than justice league uh so like obviously there's better ways to go about showcasing a power right than this uh like if you want to add a fucking scene it could just be like batman going like what does that thing do and she's like it compels you to tell the truth and he's like oh well that's not true and then she like puts it on him and he's like you're very attractive or something like that 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 sounds like Like, a joss whedon thing that would have been dumb (laughs) but it is a i i agree that that would have been dumb but that would have been a better better way to explain it than literally she just like looks at the camera (laughs) and goes the lasso of truth compels you to tell things thanks buddy like what are you gonna do what's next batman's gonna look straight at the fucking camera and go hi i'm batman Uh, i feel immense guilt because i killed superman and that's my main motivation in this film uh we'll see my arc play out uh like what (laughs) sort of do you have to like be that fucking obvious? Yeah, it, it's terrible. And so that the guy tells her like, "Oh, you were too late. The 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 day is coming. The apocalypse." Yeah, whatever is the fuck their fucking deal is. Right, some it, religious cult thing, I guess. And she she beats him up in a pretty okay action scene. And then I liked her uh, reflecting the machine gun bullets. That was a lot of bullets for her to reflect, but it was pretty cool. It was cool. 
And then after that, we get a cut to a uh, different filter on it because it's Aquaman time, so we got to have the blue filter. Right. And, uh... Oh, is this Bruce starts to go, uh... Yeah, Bruce Wayne shows up to have a talk with, uh, with our guy, Aquaman. Uh-huh. And, and uh, Aquaman slams up against the wall, talks some shit. Bruce Wayne talks some shit. And they go and discuss together. Bruce Wayne tells him what he's trying to do, putting together the Justice League, trying to get some people together in case the apocalypse happens. He thinks it's coming. Shit's not good. Aquaman's like, yeah, fuck you, bro, and it just like, kind of swims away in the water. Yeah. He don't care. He's kind of just like, fuck it. Yep. We get a little, Which little... I think aligns with his character. Absolutely. Than, you know. Uh, well, we'll get to it later, but his motivation to end up joining them is like really stupid, and I hate it, but we'll get there. It's true. Next, we get, we get a little plane scene where Alfred's talking to Bruce, and he's like, hey, uh, why are you doing this, buddy? Seems like kind of kind of dumb, dumb, because he's because no Superman. And he's like, yeah. <laughs> I did like the quick reference where he was like, "I miss the days where the thing we had to worry about the most was exploding penguins." Yeah, that's a good reference. And uh, I do like that. Uh, we've come a long way, and not necessarily in a good way. Where this is barely a Batman film now. Yeah. And honestly, he's one of the weakest ass. So now we're introduced to Barry Allen. Mm hmm. He's in. He's... Good old, good old Ezra Miller. Yeah. Didn't do anything wrong in his life. <laughs> no, no, nothing, not a single thing. Um,. <sighs> it's it's uh it's very ironically um in 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 a jail. <laughs> oh yeah, but it he, was weird. But he's having a talky talk with his dad. Yeah, he's telling him, "Good old, good old Flash boy is like, I'm I'm getting ready to get you out here in this faulty cage." And his dad's like, "Leave me! Don't do that anymore. You're ruining your life." And then it just transitions. Let me get her introduction. Get her introduction to Cyborg after this. Mm-hmm. He does the whole he's in a hoodie and does the turnaround with the robot face. We already know what he looks like because we watched Batman v Superman. And then. Yes. Next. We go. Because this, this is just rapid fire. Next, next we go to the Amazons. The Amazonians. They're hanging out. Buy a big cube. Uh, the mother box. Mm-hmm. And then Which I guess you know has been silent for millennia, but now is making the noise. Yep. So Steppy Wolf. Here comes Thanos Jr. Steppy Wolf shows up. Here he is. Woo. Diet Thanos. <clears throat> in a very long, I guess not too elongated, but elongated enough action scene. He pursues, beats the shit out of a bunch of Amazonians, and then just gets away with the mother box. Yeah. They then, then you're like, oh, we gotta warn Diana, light torch. Wonder Woman's sitting there just fucking with the sculpture. She's hanging out. And yeah. Then, and then it appears on the news that, that uh oh, that ancient Roman thing's on fire. And she's like, oh, God. The beacon. Mm-hmm. It reminded me of, uh, I mean, obviously it was probably intentional, but that, that Lord of the Rings light the beacons scene. Yeah. But, like, you know, worse. Yeah, as I say, it's uh, worse, you know. 
you know, if that was like, you know, in a good movie. <laughs> this is like, you know, in Justice League. And then uh, it, it gets, we're on a news broadcast here. And they shift to the next news story. It's uh, Aliens Stole My Husband. Which is uh, very poorly. I'm gonna add. I'm gonna make sure everybody knows this. Very poorly keyed in this TV. After the screen transition, where we get to Lois Lane for a little bit. Yeah. Talking to Martha. Mm-hmm. And it, dude, it looks terrible. You could tell. It looks awful. It's not natural one bit. Probably because it was added probably by because Whedon. Because this was added by Whedon. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I would just like to point out briefly that in a world where Superman exists mm-hmm. uh, alien sightings would be taken more seriously and it might not have been this like jokey absolutely I agree but they're like kind of like pointing it out like you know haha laugh at this old woman who is probably telling the truth because it sounds like she's uh, talking about a pair of demons mm-hmm. um kidnapping her husband which like i guess could make sense they seem to be taking people but i don't know why they didn't really go into that much because they prey on fear or whatever yeah something like that hmm. no okay. whatever anyway this is basically this nothing scene with lois lane and martha kent where it's just like Ferguson, where they're at Lois is like, I'm not ready to be journalism yet. <laughs> and uh, Martha's like, it's okay. Oh, no, they sold the farm, but it's okay. The bank took the farm or whatever. Um, you know, stuff that, like, when this was closer to Man of Steel would have mattered more for that movie, but in the scope of this movie, kind of feel like just fluff completely insignificant it could have been completely cut from the film without any kind of consequence yeah. much like in batman v superman they feel like they have to uh have these characters be a big part of the film because it's still continuing that overall superman story initially started in man of steel mm-hmm. but you know we've gotten further and further away from that to the point where superman is dead yeah. and uh I would like to point out uh, briefly that all the marketing of this film uh, declined to note that Superman was in it and uh, all of it hid that he was back, even though it's incredibly obvious and set up in Batman v Superman even that he would return. Right. No, no prob, you know, because Superman, like they're actually going to kill Superman. Come on. Yeah, like, please. <laughs> so then we get we get Wonder Woman, go Ben Affleck, Bat Bat, have a little conversation. Diana's telling him about how about the origins of Steppenwolf and what the mother boxes are and shit. It's your exposition. Mm-hmm. It's your big old basic exposition scene. And then she looks over and she notices Cyborg sitting there hanging out with this totally inconspicuous big hoodie. Yes, and we got we got Bruce Wayne. He's recruiting the Flash. For some reason, not trying to put Ursula Miller in jail. <laughs> he didn't know yet. He didn't know yet. All right, we didn't know yet. 
And then meanwhile, uh, what Diana, do you think of uh, what do you think of Ezra Miller as Flash? In I don't this like movie, him. Real quick, I don't like him. He's uh, it's too much. It's too much. And it's, I didn't mind him, but he's overwritten. I, yeah. I feel like it could have been better if it was a little more subtle. He's incredibly overbearing. It's yeah. It just like doesn't fit at all. I feel like there was some good moments with There's him. A couple. And some things that made me like you know not laugh, but maybe like you know go like oh that was a little clever. But, you know, a lot of it was just Terrible? Whedon trying too hard, probably. Uh-huh. Mm. Trying way too hard. So then, we got, then we got one woman have a conversation with Cyborg. Basically, they're trying to recruit these guys to take on Steppenwolf and stop him from getting the rest of the mud boxes. Yeah. And then we're back to Aquaman because this movie doesn't stop moving in like a hundred miles per hour to convey information. Did we get the uh, well, we well we got the big info dump about how Steppenwolf works? Right. right? Yeah. I, yeah. I said that already. Yeah. This is yeah. Well, this was a scene that was significantly edited and significantly longer in the Snyder cut. Oh God. Uh, there was a lot more references to things like Green Lanterns, and um, the gods were present, uh, and they allude to that, but. It's not really explained what that means. And like these characters had dialogue and stuff in this scene. It wasn't just like narration from Wonder Woman. Oh. Um, and in fact, one of the gods that goes toe to toe with Steppenwolf here is Ares, who was the primary antagonist from Wonder Woman. And it was going to be that actor. And he's in it briefly. But like, I didn't even know. I didn't know it was supposed him. to be him. Yeah. I didn't know. In watching him. the movie casually. Uh, but like, uh, yeah, apparently he was going to have a little bit of a moment because, like, you know, the gods that form the powers that form Shazam were all there, you know? The S-H-A-Z-A-N-M. Right. So, like, there's a Zeus shooting lightning and all that shit, and then there's, like, a couple green lanterns. Like, you know, this is stuff that would maybe be more about setting up future films. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So then we got uh back to back to Aquaman. Uh, Steppenwolf is now raiding Atlantis, and then he takes the second mother box. And then we get another scene that I hate, where uh, we get I got forget her fucking name, but she's this girl talking to talking Aquaman, and she's like this Mara. Mara, that's yeah. what it is. Mara talks. This is Lucky. just. Just set up for Aquaman, and that's it. Yeah, she just oh, you have to take up your mother's mantle, and he's like, no. And she just says one other line. And he's like, okay, <laughs> and that's it. Rushed explanations of uh, you know, where he's at, and that he is the, you know, prince of mm-hmm. Atlantis, but it has not been to Atlantis. Doesn't yep. want to go to Atlantis. Feels abandoned by. His parent, but whatever. Um, that's all part of Aquaman, and not necessarily part of this movie. It's it's, it's a problem when you have teen movies, yeah. Particularly when you haven't had the solo to set them up, right? Uh, to introduce all this shit, to introduce the characters to people. Um, it it does not surprise me on the cutting floor in in favor of keeping the time tight, right. 
There's a lot of scenes with Flash, a lot of scenes with Cyborg, a lot of scenes with Aquaman that are just cut. And as a result, they kind of feel not as well fleshed out as they could. Right. Mm. So now, the Parademons are invading. They're being sent in by Steppenwolf to kidnap a bunch of people who apparently have a connection to the Mother Box. Yeah. Cyborg goes and warns the the three members of the Justice League about this, and then the bat signal gets lit up, and they uh, they go meet up with uh, Commissioner Gordon, J.K. Simmons. It's so weird. It's really funny. It's, you see I, Cyborg. I can't based. see him as this character. Like he looks like the character. That's fine, but like I just always think of him as J. Jonah Jameson. I can't think of him as anything else. Oh yeah, absolutely. I I can't think of him as Commissioner Gordon. I really can't. Um, but whatever. Uh, they only really do this so they could do that joke where they all disappear, except Flash, and he's like, "Wow, that's rude." Mm-hmm. And then he just leaves. Ha 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 ha. Yeah, whatever. That... I I <laughs> I do like that he non reacts. Cyborg showing up. Mm-hmm. Like Commissioner Gordon just doesn't give a shit. He's probably like, he's probably <laughs> seen all kinds of shit by now. Because this is a universe where Batman's been around for twenty years. Yeah, and he's... a universe where the Jared Leto Joker exists. Right, so he's seen everything. <laughs> and it, it's it's too late. You know, just yeah. that. Sure. Yeah. No, no one should have to. No one should have to see that. Mm-hmm. You know. So yeah. now our boys go on a mission to save the hostages that Steppenwolf took. A, For some reason, you get a long ass action scene here where they're just like fighting each other. One woman's fighting Steppenwolf, Batman's fighting one parademon like the whole time. Flash really... learns how to be a hero. Ooh. Yeah, um, he does that thing where he tilts the sword back up to Wonder Woman. Yeah, and that you know, I I, I could really tell that like you know, um, so Days of Future Past came out and had that quick silver scene. Yep, and they wanted to do that. And like ever since then, no one's gonna be able to top that interpretation of a fast moving superhero. Mm. And and this movie doesn't manage to utilize that well. because um, it can only really do the same shit. Yep. Because like that's what people expect, I guess. Like if you showed it in a different way, there's only other one other cool fast motion slow motion scene mm-hmm. in this movie uh which is later yeah this one not so much no not at all i do i do like that he fucks up and trips though yeah it's funny he wasn't paying yeah, attention. And he actually drops an f-bomb which is something that i noticed that is i didn't which is weird uh but i'll take your word for it because they are allowed to say fuck once yep in they did it 13 he did it yeah so after this very <laughs> like the, the god this scene's like god fucking like 25 minutes so after this it's a really scene, long action scene. Yeah. yeah, so we get uh, Steppenwolf escapes from breaking the dam, the Gotham Dam. Um, Aquaman shows up and helps save them. They all escape. And then we cut to all of them hanging out in the Batcave. And then Batman's like, I want to bring Superman back. Everybody's this, like, what? this idea feels like it comes out of nowhere. It, it really does. Like, I'm not exaggerating when, like, that's how it feels. He just goes, he just kind of shows up, like, oh, I'll bring Superman back. Everybody's like, what the fuck? <laughs> it's it's meant to be his actual natural reaction to finding out that Cyborg was 
created and brought back to life essentially by the mother boss. Yeah. But that's a very different way that he was brought back to life than an actual literal resurrection. Right. Like Cyborg was more like he became a machine. Uh it's a little different than what happens to Superman where he just actually comes back to life with no no real defects or anything. Like when he like I don't know. When he first comes back he's mad. But that's it. And like uh, while that scene is entertaining, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense, but we'll right. get into it. Mm-hmm. <sighs> they take him down. They bury him. They, they 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 dig him up. I'm sorry. Yeah. So yeah. So he Batman orders orders Flash and Cyborg to dig him up. Um, yeah. They have a Wonder Woman walks up and goes like, "Why the fuck are you doing this? This is wrong." Batman's like, "I don't give a shit." She like slap him or something. Something like that. And mm-hmm. so they dig up the grave, and well, meanwhile they sneak into uh, Zod's ship. Uh huh. And then they uh, do the procedure to resurrect Soupy Soup. He's a dumb Ben Affleck face. That's fun. <laughs> <laughs> then yeah, Superman is, is uh, resurrected. You have Henry Cavill with this really stupid-looking fucking upper lip because they had CGI and a mustache. And then he turns around and starts attacking the Justice League. Yeah, he like rockets out of that Kryptonian ship that they bring him back in Mm -hmm. and uh, goes to like the memorial for, (laughs) I guess, Metropolis, right? Because it was from BVS, like the dude wrote False God on it. It's all like disintegrated now. Um, Oh, it's because Doomsday got thrown into it in BVS. Right. I'm trying to remember. Yeah, okay. So... This this scene is it kind of feels like a lot of this scene was Whedon's reaction to stuff that was in BB. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Zack Snyder's answer to who would win in a fight between Batman and Superman and Joss Whedon's answer is different. Yeah, <laughs> and Zack Snyder's answer was Batman because he would prepare, and Joss Whedon's answer was Superman because nobody can do shit <laughs> against Superman. Right, <laughs> and and like. They even have him say the tell me, do you bleed line back to Batman because he's like fucking pissed and like not thinking right because he just got brought back to life or whatever. Yeah. Which like the reasons for that aren't ever explained. Not well. Uh, It's whatever. It's just like, you know, like the closest they get is Barry saying, oh, Pet Cemetery," And that's it. Like, <laughs> that's, yeah, that's not really a reason. That's a joke. Right. Um, I guess he's just confused, but you know. But oh boy, <sighs> Soupy back after he beats the shit out. Just he runs. So he has well, no, a run. He's uh, a run. Lois shows up. That's what happens. Yeah, Batman had Lois show up. Right. Okay. Yeah. So. That calms him down, and he runs away with Lois. But now the Justice League is just like, well, fuck, we don't have Superman. Which yeah. doesn't make any sense. They should, like, keep tabs on him and be like, hopefully he'll be okay after he talks to Lois. Mm-hmm. Well, she is. Um, but instead, they're like, well, that didn't work. Um, let's go fight Diet Thanos anyway. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, and so now- this whole plan to bring back Superman was so that they had a chance. And now they... And, and also, it's important to note that while they are fighting Superman, while they are distracted... 
Diet Thanos just plops in and takes the third mother box. Yeah, it's so stupid. <laughs> he, just, he just plops in. He's like, oh, I'll be taking this. Thanks. And leaves. Oh, God, yeah. it sucks. So, oh. like, they they drop the ball on that one. But yeah. it's, not like he's, it's not like he's effective either, as we see pretty soon. Yeah. Um, so, so Steppy Wolf's all boxed out now. He's got the boxy box. He's boxed he's in. three boxes, and his master plan is to take the three boxes and combine them into some kind of tri-box. Oh. And that will, um, I don't know. Start the apocalypse, uh, I guess. I guess, like, you know, it seems similar to what Zod's plan was going to be uh, in Man of Steel, which was to terraform the Earth into Krypton, basically. Yeah. Um, and then this seems to be, like, terraforming the Earth to become wherever Steppenwolf's from, which is Apocalypse, probably. Yeah. yeah. Um, spelled wrong, the Jack Kirby location. Um it's such a shame because New God stuff is so cool and it deserves way better than this being its only representation on film. Uh, we're supposed to get a New Gods movie eventually, uh, but who knows? Right. <laughs> like, who really knows? Especially when it comes to DC. Like, it could get uh, canceled and re uh, repurposed into something else, and then that could also get canceled. We don't know. <laughs> So now we got the, our boys infiltrating to go take on Steppy Wolf, and then and they're they're not doing too good. They get they get their asses kicked, and then uh oh, yeah. Superman shows up. There he is. He flies in and tackles Steppenwolf. Oh, what is the line that he says? Because it is so. Eye-rollingly stupid, I but it is very Superman. I, I have to give it to him that's very Superman because it's pretty a uh, pretty lame thing to say, right? Um, he says something about truth. Yeah, Steppenwolf does, and then Superman says, "I believe in truth." Yeah, but I'm also a big fan of justice, and then he fucking punches him. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's really not great. Yeah, and then they all combine their forces together and fucking ruin Steppenwolf's entire existence. And then they wipe mm-hmm. him off the face of the planet, and then you get... And we're, we're, we're almost done, boys. And then we get... So once they did that, they kind of make quick work of him. It's really fucking funny, actually. It's like, oh, this movie's really just about like using the Superman card to get out of any situation. Yeah. So we get a little... little post scenes of all the characters kind of getting back into their shit um you got batman going back to wayne manor and like oh i'm gonna you know redevelop it and we're gonna make it good again and superman gets farmed back for his mom barry's talking to his dad again lois is writing a report wonder woman is finally revealing herself to the public and Batman's yeah. brooding over a fucking bat signal. Mm-hmm. And then Clark Kent walks out on the street, looks up, sees the sky. Credits. We got two post credit sequences in this movie. One of them is just a goofy little scene where Flash 
offers to race Superman. Yeah, the other one is way worse. Um, it is Jesse Eisenberg is back as Lex Luthor, and he escapes from Arkham Asylum, and then he is met by motherfucking Deathstroke. Yeah. Uh, who here is played by Joe Manganiello. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, this is a setup for something that will probably never happen, yep. which is them setting up some kind of... Uh, you know, Legion of Doom or whatever, uh, as Lex Luthor refers to it as a league of our own, which is stupid. Yeah. Uh, and they're never gonna, they're never gonna resolve this because everything is fucked right. <laughs> for DC. Now I saw an image the other, day. I might post it on Twitter cause it was fine to me. Uh, they grayed out everybody who was likely not to return from justice league. And the only people in color were, Jason Momoa and Gal Gadot. <laughs> That's it. Like, I guess, like, it's up in the air if Ray Fisher or Henry Cavill will, but, like, they seem to have moved on to other things. Yeah. And uh, Ben Affleck is certainly out, and the recent news about Ezra Miller suggests that he's out. Uh, I think that if they do Justice League again, they're going to definitely have to take some time. Mm-hmm. And they're going to have to really earn back some of that lost trust from the audience. Absolutely. (laughs) This shit was a mess. It was whack, uh, bro. Through and through. It was whack. Mm. Movie sucks. Oh, another... Yeah. So a couple things I'd like to mention before we talk about hashtag the Snyder Cut. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, Snyder's not the only one that gets replaced. Junkie XL is supposed to do the score, right? Mm-hmm. And apparently he finished his score. There's a finished score from him somewhere. But they replace him during this post-production phase with Danny Elfman. And uh, that's kind of interesting. We haven't seen him his name since those fucking Tim Burton Batman movies. Right. But uh, So he even incorporates his Batman theme from the Michael Keaton era. Uh, into this score, as well as John Williams' Superman theme from the 70s Superman film into the score, which suggests to me that they wanted to even further differentiate it from the current, like, DC film lineup, which had very different themes for Batman and Superman. But uh, he still covered Come Together Gary Clark Jr. for the post for the credits of this film. Yeah. Which is kind of weird. Yeah, like, I don't I, I, I like it. Yeah. I don't like it at all. Yeah. So they cut a lot of shit. Oh yeah. Um I'm trying to look here. See if I can have like a, a bit of a list of things. So um, at least part of the movie was supposed to explore that dream sequence from Batman v Superman, and that's all. Out. Mm-hmm. That's all entirely out of the movie. So and so now, that whole scene where Flash warns Batman of something is just a dead end <laughs> and has no purpose because they're not going to make the other two Justice League movies. 
Um, there was a, uh, I guess they were going to tease the time travel in this movie. And the way they were going to do that was cyborg was actually going to fail at, you know, separating the mother boxes or whatever the fuck the dumb plan was. Mm-hmm. And then flash would time travel and give him a second chance. And that would be like the first time he time traveled and be like, Whoa, I can do that. Um, Yeah, I don't know. It was just generally going to give a lot more backstory on the other Justice League members. Um, the Snyder cut apparently is three and a half hours long, if it exists. It's an assembly cut, so it doesn't really exist. Right. Um, there's going to be a lot more information on Steppenwolf, a lot more. Uh, Dark Side was probably going to appear at the end of the movie. Uh, I read that um, instead of the whole, uh, this was a Whedon edition where Steppenwolf is taken out because the parademons sense fear and prey on fear. So they attack Steppenwolf at the end of the movie. Right. Um, instead, I guess he was going to be trying to teleport out of there. Uh-huh. And as he was going to be in the middle of teleporting, Wonder Woman was going to cut his head off. Shit dog. And then out the other end in apocalypse was just going to be Steppenwolf's decapitated head right in front of dark side and he would go like you know he would probably have like a thanos like fine i'll do it myself moment yeah or something to set up the next movie they were even gonna have uh, a cameo from like dark side was supposed to be played by uh ray porter and there was gonna be a cameo from his master torturer desad who is a palpatine looking ass motherfucker and uh, he was gonna be there as well. There was going to be cameos from Willem Dafoe as his character from Aquaman that got cut out. There was going to be a cameo from uh, the Adam. They were going to set up the Adam in this movie, but they didn't. Uh, Barry Allen's love interest, Iris West. And this is the really weird one. Um, so there's a character in Man of Steel um, who's like a, a government man. Uh, played by uh, Harry Lennox. Uh, and he's also in Batman v Superman. He's like talking to the president and stuff when the doomsday stuff is happening. And they're like, uh, it was going to be revealed. Like he's cut out of the movie, in time, but he was going to be in it. It was going to be revealed that the whole time that guy mm-hmm. was Martian Manhunter. Oh, God. <laughs> the whole time. Like, oh, I mean, he gave, God. if I remember right, he gave Superman a lot of shit. Yeah. Trying to figure out stuff about this alien, ooh, this weirdo alien from, I'm like, you motherfucking hypocrite. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you, jerk. There was going to be more scenes with Lex Luthor, apparently. Um, and there was going to be stuff with Ares that was cut that I already talked about. So, what was going to be the plan with Justice League 2 and 3? Um, Justin, have you seen uh, a little movie called Avengers Infinity uh, and yep. Avengers Endgame? Uh-huh, sure have. All right, just, like, pretend those are bad. Uh-huh. That was Zack Snyder's plan for Justice League Hey, 2. I am not even the least bit <laughs> surprised. Hey. So after teasing... Uh, Dark side in the in the uh, 
in Justice League 1, he was going to be the main villain, too. And I believe it would end with the heroes losing. Of course. And also possibly uh, Superman being corrupted into being an agent of Darkseid. Uh, which is similar to an episode of the animated series, I believe. That's pretty good. Yeah. Um, so it would have led to the uh, Batman nightmare scene. That would have been actually real. Uh, and then the third movie would have took place entirely in that, like, apocalyptic wasteland um, with them trying to time travel and fix. And doesn't this all sound very familiar? Well, never, never heard of it before. I have no mm. idea what you're talking about. Yeah. So, um... That's about it. It didn't happen. It's not going to happen. And there will never be a Snyder Cut. If I was Warners, I would release it. Because it seems like there is a demand for it. And you could at least make some money off it. It's... If if it just depends on how expensive it would be to restore all of the stuff that he wanted to be in it. It would not be cost efficient, I'll tell you that right now. There's no way they'd be down for it. Mm, I don't know, there's a lot of fucking cultists out there, you know? There are a whole They're, lot of cultists, uh, and a whole lot of those cultists aren't even gonna buy it. They uh well there there was a lot of discussion of whether it could be on that HBO Max or whatever. Um so it could be like a big must-have of a of a new streaming service or something. Um, but yeah, there's they got the movement like ballooned to the point where it's toxic. Uh, there's people that are shitty that want this, and they've kind of turned it into something that I don't like. Like you know, hey, if you're a fan of these movies, I don't like that. That's no that's no problem to me. But if you're doing like you know. If you're taking it to the point where you're harassing people and yeah. doxing people, yeah, then fuck uh, off. Fuck off. Right. This is not important. This is a fucking movie about Superman. Uh, it's no big deal. Um, I know that it wasn't exactly what you wanted, but uh, it wasn't exactly what I wanted either with what we got. And I'm not freaking out in the streets. I'm just bitching about it on the internet, which is fine. <laughs> like that's, you know, that's where we're at. So, but the film came out as it came, regardless of anything else. And it was technically a box office bomb, even though it grossed $657.9 million. Now, how could something that made that much be a bomb? Well, the budget was $300 million. And it was probably way higher than that, given marketing and cost of reshoots. Yeah. Uh, so it was to the point where Warner basically decided that they didn't turn a profit enough with this movie that is supposed to be probably their biggest moneymaker. It didn't even make as much as Wonder Woman uh, like, uh, or BVS or Man of Steel. Um, Suicide Squad. I think until Birds of Prey came out, it was the lowest grossing DC film, uh-huh. I believe. Um, or maybe that's Shazam, but Shazam didn't have this giant budget. Right. Uh, so <laughs> that helped. 
so either way, they deep pretty big failure, and they're uh, they're kind of way in their options. I don't know what they're gonna do because they're still trying to like have their extended universe while also not having it. Yeah, I don't know what the fuck they're <laughs> at doing at the dude. same time. I don't get it. They need to just pick a route, and probably not the one that copies Marvel. Yeah, why well, I much prefer the route where if we're gonna get stuff like Joker. That is just, you know, just make a standalone good film. I can appreciate that. Yeah. Um, I don't know. We'll see. Um, the only way they can really fix it is if they kind of just decide that, like, there's a new canon and some things are canon and some aren't. Um, which their best bet would probably be to say that, like, you know, the Snyder movies aren't canon anymore. Right. And, like, Wonder Woman and Aquaman can still be the same actors because they're good. Mm-hmm. But everybody else is gone. <laughs> like, Whatever. You know what I mean, I'm in. Uh, I feel like that would probably just be a better move for them. But I would also expect to not have a Justice League movie for like a long time, a long time. Oh yeah. Uh, also, the film had mixed reviews. Can can you imagine? What? Most people kind of agreed that it felt like it was like you know what what is who really directed this movie? Is this a Snyder film? with Whedon sprinkled over it, or is it a Whedon film with Snyder sprinkled over it? And like, what is, which of those things is better? Uh, <laughs> like, is there, is there any positives? I, I guess like I liked the performances of, you know, uh, Gal Gadot and Jason Momoa. Um, I didn't hate Ezra Miller. I feel like they wrote him badly. Uh, Affleck, I kind of oddly enough didn't like, even though I did like him in Batman v Superman. Um, I feel like he just kind of looks like he doesn't want to be there the whole time. Uh, which, like, same. I can't fault him for that, but, like, <laughs> he, uh, he's even admitted as much in interviews and stuff. There was an interview, and he said he liked working on Batman v Superman, but uh, Justice League, not so much. And, obviously, he's not playing Batman anymore. Right. He's, he's out. Yeah, but yeah, the movie only got like a forty percent on Rotten Tomatoes, uh, which ain't that ain't that great. No, but it's better than what it was. Pretty terrible. So where do we stand on this? Like, I, I, this is like barely a Batman movie. Yeah, but I guess it counts. It's, but like that makes it weird for me to like know where to put it. It's definitely towards the lower end. It's, it's, it's not enjoyable. It's but. really near BVS, man. I don't know which way. How you feel it? Up or down? Is it better or worse than BVS? That's where I want to start. Hmm. I don't know. I could go either way because, like, in some respects, it is better. Yeah. But, but I think I respect Batman v Superman more because, at like, while I don't like it, at least I feel like it's somebody's actual vision. Right. And it's not like this weird, like compromise Frankenstein's creature of a movie. Yeah. That is just like, has no point to exist at that point. Right. It doesn't feel like anyone's movie. Yeah. I think I can agree with you on that one. Except the studio. Right. I, I think <sighs> it's, it is better than suicide squad and captain. I'll tell you that much. Mm hmm. But I think I hesitate to say if it's better than Batman v Superman. How do you feel on it? I I like I like putting it right underneath Batman v Superman. You know what? 
fine. <laughs> I can't I can't make enough of an argument to say that it's higher because at the end of the day, I think that like while it's shitty and maybe even shittier, it's more interesting to watch Batman v Superman. I agree. And I think I think the positives of that movie outweigh the negative movie because mm-hmm. uh, I still like Affleck. Right. And I still like some of the actions. And I still like that the people making it seem to give a shit uh, more yeah. <laughs> than this one. So, yeah, I can I can go with that. So our current ranking uh, from top to bottom. Or do you want to go bottom to top? Wait, what do you want to say? Go top to know. bottom. Top to bottom. The Dark Knight. Best still. Batman Begins. Also just really close. Mask of the Phantasm. Batman 66. Yeah, it's not moving. That's fine by me. Batman 89. Batman Returns. Lego. Uh, Dark Knight Rises. Birds of Prey. Batman Forever. Batman and Robin above Batman v Superman, which is hilarious. Uh, which is above Justice League, which is also hilarious. Which is above Suicide Squad. And then Catwoman. There's There's nothing else that's going to be that bad. I know, that's pretty safe at the bottom there. Yeah, I'd say so. So we have two films left. We would have had three, but we watched Birds of Prey earlier in the year. Right. So next week is uh, a bit of a weird one. Not quite a Batman movie, but I counted it about a, a spinoff character. Uh, Teen Titans go to the movies. Um... I don't know what to expect with this one. I really don't. Uh, Teen Titans Go gets a lot of shit for being like this. Oh, God, I, it's not like the old one. I hate it. That's kind of like my vibe yeah. that I get from the from the Internet on that. That's most uh, of what I, it is. I know this movie got good reviews and was supposed to be funny. I'm expecting a similar vibe to like Lego Batman. Yeah. I'm not expecting a masterpiece, but, like, if it makes me chuckle, then, like, I'm okay with it. Right, I agree. And then, like, night and day, like, right after that, uh, Joker. (laughs) So, um, this is gonna be a weird next two weeks, but then we'll be done. Yep, that'll be it. And by the end of this month, we'll be on to something new. Oh, boy, I I honestly can't wait. (laughs) I mean, I had a lot of fun so far, but, I mean, except for this, like, the past couple weeks... I guess with the exception of Lego Batman, I like that. But um, these Snyder movies, I don't know. Uh. They are uh, no good. All no. right. Next week, Teen Titans Go Movie. <laughs> go Movie. I go, I go die, okay? At 7 o'clock? Yep. Oh, all right. Well, all right, man. <laughs> all right. It's a weird time of day uh, to do it, but I'm going to do it anyway. Well, you know, go live your best life or not. 